Welcome back to the Nil Nil Football Podcast. Uh, we've been on a hiatus, Danny. Uh, it's all your fault. It has been, what, like five months? Something like that. I think we stopped. Um, we stopped right, right before, before the final. No, well, it wasn't the final. I think it was the playoffs. Like right before we went to the playoffs. I think it's also because like it was hard for me to keep recording because I started school and uh yeah, you just didn't have the time and then the last one i did i think i went on vacation um mm. and at some point because right. i know i had i had left on vacation in october and we haven't picked it up yet. Yeah. but the goal for this one is to actually continue all the way through to the end of the season um and well we're very mls based because that's our local league but i kind of want to focus a lot on other leagues as well um, mainly Premier League, since we watch that the most. Uh, we're going to be trying some different things. Um, I'm officially going to call this Season 2 of our podcast. Um, regardless regardless of what... Everything that we yeah. recorded was Season 1. Oh, yeah. But like regardless, I also don't want to keep redoing the numbers every time we have to make a graphic for or a thumbnail for the podcast so i'd rather yeah, just go at, at a two we yes. can just keep using the same ones over and over yes all right so um we're gonna call this episode zero um we, we already talked about that before i turned the recording on all right Best episode so danny um let's see let's uh let's start off with our favorite league in the world uh, let's, let's just recap some quick mls action huh all right. All right. So uh, the bulk of the games were played on Saturday. Um, any yeah. any matches besides the LAFC one that uh, that you watched? Um. The what was it Cincinnati and Seattle? Oh yeah, we were both watching that, and then we both were watching. Uh, Austin versus Real Salt Lake, right? Yes. For and a bit. I think I also saw some of the Portland St. Louis one. Oh, I didn't I didn't see much of that at all. Yeah, I saw some of that one. Yeah. All right. Um let's see. So S- Seattle versus Cincinnati. I mean Cincinnati was able to hold on to the one 0 win despite being down a man. Um and Seattle just never looked like they could break through the defense. I mean, props to Cincinnati for being able to hold that together. Um they're they're starting to look like one of the strong contenders this season, Cincinnati. Um Yeah, honestly from from the two from when I was watching, um Cincinnati just looked way more put together. Their chemistry was actually working from the beginning of the game. And the only thing that really tended to break their flow was the refing. I think that the refing was kind of awful in their match. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately. From, from what I remember, you were saying that Seattle was flopping a lot. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of flopping by Seattle. Um, but it's it was believable enough by the ref to actually buy it and and give them uh free kicks for those do you think that red card was you know i now i didn't see this this part of the game did you witness like what caused the red card no um i actually stepped away 
at that time. So I mm-hmm. didn't even get to see the red card when I came back. It was already, I think, 1-0 and the red card had already happened. So it was all, already almost towards the end of the game. Ah, I see. Um, Seattle, however, I mean, despite this loss, they still have two wins and one loss. Uh, they're looking like just based on the short three game run that they seem to be back to what they used to be. I mean, they're going to be up against LAFC next. So we'll see how they do against, you know, better opposition. I mean, Cincinnati's good. It's it's good, but like, yeah, but they're doing better than how they finished the season. But I want to say that they kind of more or less began last season the same way. And it wasn't until the other tournaments that began that they started going downhill. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they might be okay for now. We just have to see what's going to happen to them once they start taking part in other tournaments. Yeah, I mean, they put all their eggs in the basket uh, to try to win the the CCL, and well, I mean, and they did. They ended up winning it against a Pumas team that just, I guess, has been the laughing stock of Mexico ever since they lost because that's the first time that MLS has won the Conga Champions, and MLS fans, or I mean, Liga MX fans, were salty that um, that. You know, Pumas was the one to let him have it. So, um, I mean, we're going to... The thing is that for Seattle, I I would have thought after you win something like that, something historic like that, you'd come into the league with so much more hunger to want to not just win the CCL, but also win MLS Cup, Supporter Shield, all that, but it seemed to have the complete opposite effect. They just could never recover from the exhaustion of that tournament, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, I don't think so either. Like, once the bad run of form was started, it almost seemed like they couldn't turn it around. And they kind of, I think that, I mean, they ended up missing the playoffs along with Portland. The first time those two teams, and in a while, if ever, because I think Seattle had a record of being in every single playoff run um since they got uh put in the league but um yeah they they were focused on ccl they won it they didn't really show up when the tournament actually happened because they lost their first game and they're out just as quickly as they got in right um but i mean they 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 get to take that credit as being the first mls team to win it so good for them Mm -hmm. but um it looks like they're they're back i mean I think we're going to have to give it a little bit more time to see how consistent they're going to be. But old Seattle was pretty much dominating every game, uh, more or less. Like yeah. there was a couple of losses here and there, but most of the time they were winning them. Um, all right. I'd say that in this game with Cincinnati, they kind of seemed like last season's Seattle. Uh, yeah. Like a lot, a lot of things for them were just not connecting. I see. I mean, but so far. Three games in, I've seen third on the on the table. I've seen a couple of Cincinnati games so far, and I'm really impressed with how dynamic they are going forward. I mean, uh, Lucho Costa seems to be running that whole team; like everything goes through him, and just the creative mm-hmm. plays that he generates is you know exciting to watch. He's he reminds me of Vela for our team in like 2019. Um, yeah, and, and Vasquez is always a threat. Uh, every time he had the ball, he would just somehow try to figure a way to get off a shot. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the top goal scorers in the league uh, last season. So uh, I expect them to continue him 
like he continues run of form because I think at this point it's going to be his third season in a row, or he's going to be uh, yeah you know scoring consistently. All right, um, yeah. We quickly watched the Austin Rousel Lake game, but uh, I don't think neither you and I paid much attention to that one though, right? Mm, I think you saw more of the first half, Austin versus uh, Rousel Lake. Yeah, I think I, I saw some of that. I don't remember everything that happened. It seemed kind of like um, RSL would have had this game. They seemed very aggressive in the first half, very dominating in the first half. Um, but by the score and by, by what I remember, uh, Austin just ended up turning it around. And uh, Salt Lake just couldn't come back and define a shot to equalize or win yeah i mean austin so far i gotta give them credit i mean they've been they've been able to bounce back from losses pretty quickly because austin had just lost three nil to violette um the haitian (laughs) team which is still embarrassing i'll say (laughs) i don't think any mls team would be proud or not well not i mean you're not gonna be proud from a loss but no mls team like would wouldn't be, be wouldn't be ashamed or humiliated by a result like that. Um right. so uh we're gonna talk about the CCL later, like a little bit later. But um right. yeah, so Austin losing three nil in their first ever game in CCL, they end up winning two to one against Russell Lake. So it seems like, you know, the bad form isn't consistent but neither is a good form. They're kinda like up and down so far. So we I think we still yeah. need a couple I more guess games. Kind of find yeah, because remember last season, Austin started off with like four nil win, a five nil win, like a bunch of high yeah. scoring games that kind of got their momentum going early. This one, this season seems to be a little bit more of a challenge for them. That they, yeah. you know, I mean, they win one, they lose one. Who knows if they're going to be consistent or they're going to be like this the whole season? Uh, I mean, they still remain. Yeah, that was the seen. biggest key for them. That even though they were winning, um with high scoring matches, the key was that they were being consistent about it. So it was week after week after week that what they were getting three nails, four nails four something. Um, until the end of the season where it started to slow down. Uh, the only thing that was notable for me in this game was that I did not tell that, uh, Jazzy Sardis was playing at all until he was getting subbed out. No, I think that's one of the, um, what do you call it? under the radar transfers of the the off season. Like, I don't think, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how high profile it was. I usually, I, I keep up pretty well with the MLS transfers, but that just seemed like one that I didn't hear about at all until I saw him in the green shirt, you know? Yeah. Um, and we didn't even notice him until they subbed him out. So he wasn't really making much of an impact. I don't think Driussi, no. who was such, uh, you know, a standout player for Austin last season. I haven't, I don't think he's making as much of a difference as he was so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Austin fans hated Rigoni, one of their, um, I think he's a DP, um, because he was missing a lot of chances. I still think he's continuing that form. I mean, I haven't caught up to the, I mean, I haven't read a lot of tweets or whatnot from the Austin fans, but I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll see something pop up in a bit. Um, but yeah, Austin, um, I think, I think, you know, we need to give them a bit of time. Then we'll really see where they're at. Are they as good as last season or are they going to be back to the bottom how they were their first season? I feel like it's going to be a little mixed bag of both. 
like you said, like you said, they're very inconsistent so far within these three games um, at the beginning. So this could be their consistency for this season, just being inconsistent. Um, but that is still to be seen. I mean, three games is too early to tell. Um, I think if we give it the next two games, maybe if they get two wins uh, or if they get another loss, maybe we'll be able to tell a bit better. But I feel like they're going to be more or less the same, maybe a little bit under what they did last season. And um, because because a lot of their players are still very committed when they're on the field. Uh, you can tell that they're still giving it mostly their all, <laughs> except for that first game where they just passed back and gave a free goal to St. Louis. No, oh, well, to be um, fair, every single team in the league's doing that so far, so can't blame them. Yeah, so <laughs> uh but their goalie also has been doing a, a, a phenomenal job um making some crucial stops. So it's really gonna depend on the next couple of games to kind of get a better view of how they're gonna be. All right. All right, let's move on. So, I mean, most of these, most of this match window had a lot of one zero one one games. Uh, wasn't one of the highest yeah. scoring weekends in MLS. I mean, the highest one being, well, obviously LAFC and Atlanta winning three nil against Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte, I did see that first half. I mean, that's all you needed to see to see the three goals. Honestly, um, looks yeah, like Charlotte race from the eighteen year old. Well, I mean, they give up three goals in one half at home. Uh, I don't think Charlotte fans are going to be too happy about that. And Charlotte's yeah. early season form is not looking too great. I mean, if you just look at the standing, they're dead last right now. Um, I don't know. Are they I don't want them to be, but so far, nothing productive has been happening over there yet. Um, th- I think... It doesn't look like they're meshing defensively. They look weak. I mean, real weak, which shouldn't mm-hmm. be the case considering that they got Tuiloma from Portland and he was pretty good at uh, holding up the defense, right? But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. He also has that own goal. I don't know. All the goals that I saw from Atlanta, it was. Uh, it just looked like Charlotte wasn't putting enough pressure on the ball against Atlanta, and they were able to get free shots. I think two of them were pretty much um, getting the ball behind the defense, and one of them was just not closing a guy down fast enough, and he just basically got a free shot on goal. But uh, I'd say that the best way to describe Charlotte right now compared to how they were last season is flat. And I feel like St. Louis has taken on the character that Charlotte brought into last season. No, I think uh, St. Louis has a little bit more fire under their belly, right? Um, Definitely more fire, but, you know, that heart that they started with, you know, like trying to prove themselves coming into this league. Charlotte had that through parts of last season. This season, they just feel completely flat. Like, I don't think that there is any high expectations for them this season, at least from my point of view. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be their first full season with their current manager who they instituted, you know, after they sacked their first manager. Um, so yeah. he, he should have had time to, I mean, he started working on the system last season and then he had the off season to really implement that. I mean, yes, there was mm-hmm. the tragic incident um, involving Anton walks who, you know, passed away while they were in their off season or their preseason. In Miami, right? Which I don't know if that how much of an impact that's having on the players, but I mean, 
the players should be pretty in tune with the manager system and it just does looks like something's not connecting there um i'm hoping that charlotte can turn it around because when they are great i mean the atmosphere that they have at their home stadium is incredible so i like seeing them do well but for now it's not looking so hot on the other hand atlanta united looks like they're bouncing back um they're top of the table currently as it stands um and uh, i mean they're tied with nashville and cincinnati but atlanta united's got you know the best goal difference out of all of them and maybe we're finally getting you know gonzalo pineda is finally working his magic on atlanta united i mean you had a lot of drama the last couple years especially yeah. there's a huge saga between gonzalo pineda and joseph martinez that happened uh, midway through last mm-hmm. season where they're fighting yeah. and then Joseph basically called out all his teammates for not trying hard enough. And then Gonzalo Pineda benched him. And then finally, I mean, uh, it ended with pretty much them kicking Joseph Martinez out. And he ended up going to Inter-Miami. So I'm guessing maybe that was good for the locker room. Because it looks like they're playing well under his system. And their DP, Thiago Almada, who was at the World Cup um with Messi looks like he's mm-hmm. he's turned into the new star for Atlanta United replacing Joseph basically not the same position but he he's the new man there now he, you know everything goes through him he provides all the assists he's dangerous on set pieces player now pretty much yeah and uh, that's exactly what I was going to highlight they have two wins one draw so zero losses in these first three games which is i want to say a stark comparison to how they ended up beginning last season um and was last season gonzalo's uh first season as the coach no i think technically he had a bit of the season before that last season a, was his first full season and then this one okay yeah yeah so like based on how everything was going last season you could have seen probably imagine him getting the boot at some point yeah and i mean that's what i was gonna say i was surprised that he lasted or the team lasted with him this long considering how big of a team atlanta united is uh kind of happy they I did mean, though because it looks like it's paying off right yeah and um the so far this result like in case any of that last season spilled over onto onto this season it kind of is extending his tenure there so far but like you said maybe his magic is finally starting to come onto the team and and the team's finally performing the way he wants them to not the way that that joseph martinez and um himself's saga was making it to be last season yeah i mean it's still it's still too early early to tell. I mean, we're seeing good signs there. We're seeing some flickers of hope that maybe Atlanta United is back to what they used to be. But, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of things can happen. There's 34 games in this season, and we've seen plenty of teams start off strong and end up toward the bottom of the table when the season's done, right? I mean, let's let's wait a couple more games and reevaluate how they're doing. But, I mean, so far, good job. They seem like they're back to where they want to be. And, I mean... Mm-hmm. The best thing is establishing that form, and it looks like they're doing it. So hopefully they can continue winning because, I mean, 
it's always better when there's more good teams in the league. And um, as an LAFC fan, everybody says that we're running away with it, that we're too good for the league and it's hard for other teams to compete. But one of my favorite seasons was the 2019 season. And there was plenty of good teams that year, especially uh, Atlanta United being one of them. And that always gave us some really great games. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's another thing I want to point out with Atlanta. They, before LAFC, you know, came into the picture into the scene atlanta were kind of that team that had that glow about them yeah that seemed completely strong that seemed like they were going to be dominant for the next couple of years which they were um but then everything sort of ended up crumbling right um and i'd say that with this result with this start of a season as a fan of atlanta united you know anybody who is a fan of Atlanta United, you have some sort of relief to actually see your team doing well. Maybe, like you said, a bit of a sign of the old Atlanta, the dominant Atlanta, the contender. Uh, So it's exciting if this trend of them actually winning, maybe not dropping any points or not too many points, uh, continues. Yep. All right, let's move on. Uh, I mean... I just want this to be a quick episode anyway. Uh, let's go to the LAFC New England game. So, um, you know, guaranteed we did watch that game. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought, I mean, this is yeah, a game. Your this is a game where we're going to test our depth, right? I mean, we. It, it was going to be seen whether Trundolo was going to start his 100% starting, you know, lineup against New England and then use the. Uh, rotation squad for the return leg of the Conca Champions game against Alajuelense, but um, it looks right. like he's resting the players for he rested the players for this one. So in order to play full strength for the CCL, I don't think he wants to take any chances um, for there being a comeback whatsoever. I think he'd rather just finish mm-hmm. them off with a full strength squad. So he ended yeah, up rotating, ended up rotating uh, four or five players. I mean, he took Vela out. Um, he took. Who else was out? Uh, it took Sifu out. Um, it took Killini out, who's basically a starter. He took Hollingshead out. Um, and then mm-hmm. the rest of that was just, you know, depth players. So you had Stipe Buke um, replacing Vela. Uh, Poku starting. I think it's good for him to keep starting every game just because um, I don't think he's... Yeah, Boenga. Um, but I think Opoku... <sighs> There was a time last season where as soon as he scored one, he just kept scoring every game, right? Um, yeah, the thing about Opoku, even though he doesn't score every game, mm-hmm. um, I, I love his energy. And I feel like he's at the moment what Blessing used to be when he was uh, with us at the start. Yeah. You know, that that battery that would just run and pressure everybody. So I feel like he is that right now. Um so kind of playing a dual role with with that pressure and trying to uh, win balls back and at the same time being a striker up front. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if you noticed this, but for me, I felt like he was, he felt very free, at least the way he looked that he was playing. He felt very free and relaxed. Well, I think that's, um, what's it? That's and I wonder uh, if that has to do with it. Chicho also not being there, so that gives him like more of a, a, a potential starting. Well, that's the thing. So, uh, 
LFC, at this point, we don't have a number nine. It's kind of obvious. I think everybody is aware of that. Uh, Chirundolo right. seems to be just playing with wingers up front. And, I mean, wingers traditionally are on the side, but the way that Chirundolo uses them is that he'll place a winger as a number nine, and then all the wingers up front can rotate between themselves freely. They're not stuck in that position. So let's see, Boanga right here is showing up as him being in the middle, but he'll sometimes go to the right. He'll sometimes go to the left. Uh, Poku will fill in the space in the middle when he needs to. It seems like they're very well drilled in, you know, once one guy moves to the side, you go to the middle, the other guy goes to the other side. But it seems like all three all three up front have the freedom to do basically whatever they want, and that's very hard for other teams to be defending against currently. Um, and, you know, that's exactly what happened when Vela get, got subbed in in the second half. Boanga ended up moving over to the right-hand side uh, as a as poker was taken out. Yeah. Um, but I would say one of the bright spots on the team, I mean, we won 4-0. There's plenty of bright spots. But uh, one of the main ones is uh, Timothy Tillman. I think he mm-hmm. looked uh, pretty much every bit as good hungry. as... Yeah, he looked every bit as good as Cifuentes. He was keeping a lot of pressure on there. He's like Latif, but if Latif had ball control, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't lose anything. He he's looks like he's got energy to run for days. He never looks like he gets tired. He's always pressuring. When he does have the ball, he hardly <laughs> loses it. He'll just pass it instead of trying to get it lost. I mean... You saw that one play where he was pressured by two defenders, ended up nutmegging one of them and just able to pass it to the defense so he can, you know, relieve some pressure. Like, he's one of the best. I mean, I'm really impressed with what I saw. I'm more excited to see what else he can bring to the game. Yeah, I'd say the one thing that I noticed from him is just confidence. Nothing but confidence. Either going forward or coming back to retrieve the ball. Uh, there was nothing but confidence in him, especially when I ended up seeing he, him uh, take a shot for the goal, which I'm really glad that he took a... Was that an outside-of-the-box goal? Um, I think so, I because think he, he he took it away from Blessing, and then there's two guys closing down as soon as he took the ball away, pretty much. Yeah, so one thing I'm glad was to, to see that. We don't get enough of that. Um, and I feel like... I think you've definitely noticed this as well, is that they're always trying to pass their way in to the closest goal. Uh, And I feel like we need to take more longer shots like that. And obviously uh, we've seen the Bundesliga and how many times they end up taking long shots. So hopefully some of that skill that they've had over there and in his time over there, um, can be transferred over here and we've already seen it with that first goal yeah but i would say lafc in general is in a long shot taking team although i'd like them to be i mean last season i can't really remember a time when you scored like when any of the players scored a goal from outside of the box can you the only one that i can think of is sifu yeah because he would usually try to do that he's the Um, only one yeah and this is good to have another person to do that because like let's say all of the opposing team's defense, like they're eight packed in the box. You're not going to pass your way through that. So might as well take a long shot. So yeah, even though we're not a team that does long shots a lot of the times, it's good to have that kind of ability, that kind of skill in your arsenal in case you need it. Like, like yesterday. 
Yep. Um, but one of the brightest spots on the team right now currently being Denny Bewanga, uh scoring two goals and getting an assist in this game. In his last two games, he's got five goals, pretty much. Uh, I mean, looks like, I mean, we were going to miss Chicho for the amount of goals that he brings, but looks like Denny found his shooting boots. And um, he seems to be scoring pretty consistently now, which I'm pretty happy. That wasn't the case last season. Yeah, he's really feeling himself, and he seems to have hit the ground running when it come, came to beginning this season. Yeah. Um, other thing I want to say, Stipe Buk uh, got the start. One of the young players that we signed in the offseason from Croatia. Um, a lot of big mm-hmm. teams are following him around. He got his first goal uh, off of a Denny Buenga assist, which, you know, I'm happy yeah. he got scoring. He looks like a really confident guy, like, yeah. Um, in certain cases where you think a young player would pass the ball to somebody more experienced to take the shot, he seems like he's a guy that he's like, no, I'm going to take the shot. I'm going to take the chance. If I score, I score. If not, oh, well, there's going to be another opportunity for me, right? Like, I right. really like that about him. I kind of want to see him play a little bit more just so for him to develop that goal scoring instinct. I know he's got the pace, but I want to see, you know, I want him to be what Brian Rodriguez couldn't. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, I, I think you could already see that again. Uh, the same description that I can feel from from him that I feel from Tillman is confidence. Yep. You know, and that's one of the major things that I'd say that Brian did not have. You no. know, how many times did we see him do the exact same move? He wouldn't try anything else because that's the one thing he felt comfortable with. And Mbuk is, is doing the same thing as Boanga and Opoku. They're switching around up front. And like you said, he's taking the shots. If he if he scores, he scores. If he misses, he misses. But he's gonna give it, you know, a shot anyway. Um, I want to. I'm glad to see that both of our two of our new players did end up scoring. Um, but I want to move towards the back of the lineup. What did you think of uh, Aaron Long and Valencia? Well, Aaron Long. I mean, luckily with the way the LAFC plays. Um, New England wasn't able to produce many chances. I think they had four shots just overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's hard to see the defense shine, but technically that's a sign of the defense shining in itself, right? Um, I think right. Aaron Long looked pretty solid. I mean, it's his first game. There was a couple of passes that he missed, but um, I kind of want to see him play a little bit more. I mean, Chiellini is, you know, I love Chiellini to death at this point because he does everything perfectly. He knows what the correct decision to make on every single situation is. But, I mean, he's getting, you know, a little bit later in age. I want to see Aaron Long take a couple more games and see how consistent he can be and how secure he can be at the back. Uh, Sergi Valencia, besides that, um, I don't think he was as dangerous as he looked when he came into the CCL match against Alajuelense, right? Um, I kind of want to see him play more as well because he looks like he's got some pace. I mean, it looks like Ryan Hollings has going to be injured for a bit, so I think he's probably going to take his spot for now. Oh, yeah. Hollings had got injured? Yeah, because I don't know if you remember, there was a play where he jumped and then I think it was Boateng on the other team ended up like um, going underneath him and causing him to flip over in the air and he landed on his back. And uh, from what I heard, um, pretty much Ryan Hollings said it was coughing up blood, but he said it wasn't coming from his mouth that he could feel it from his lungs. <laughs> okay. I was wondering the, because I did see him spitting out blood. I, I figured that maybe he bit himself or busted his lip or something, but that is concerning. Yeah. So um, far, I mean, 
Uh, we haven't received an update on what his current health status is, but I've heard a couple of fans all around the league. There's speculation that it's a, like a broken rib or a collapsed lung or something like that. Oh God, that sounds terrible. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, you can recover from both, so it's fine. But it doesn't sound comfortable at all. Terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that's that's pretty much giving the time for uh, Sergi Palencia to step up and see what he can do. Uh, I mean, well, he, hopefully. I was going to say he was a low-key signing. Like, we really didn't know anything about him. I know that he played with Boanga uh, at St. Etienne at some point. Oh, and, yeah, and Boanga seemed, like, super happy to have him on the team. So I'm hoping oh, he, he can deliver the same kind of, you know, electrifying entertainment play, entertaining play that Boanga does, but, you know, down the wing on the, and, you know, as a right back. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I, for me, they both seem pretty solid. Valencia seemed pretty solid. Um, I, I just because I, I'm not too familiar with him <laughs> or the way he looked at first, uh, I I didn't know you know who he was. I just saw him and it was kind of confused, like who is this guy? Uh, but from what the little bit I did see from him, I, I was happy with mm-hmm. the way he played. Uh, with Aaron Long, I. Also, did see some of his defending. I didn't see any of the mispasses that you mentioned, but um, I feel like he has presence when it comes to defending. Um, I think I ended up seeing a, a bit more of him than I did Murillo when it came to stepping up to uh, players who were coming in. Um, and like you said, Killini is Killini, so you know maybe he can just learn from Killini. One of my favorite plays uh, defensive plays from that game was Chiellini uh, after he had come in I think he was covering someone and the ball was being centered in and somehow you know how he's always constantly tripping and still getting to the ball Uh, well he was doing that and he kind of got spun around and somehow still ended up heading the ball out with the back of his head that that was just like my favorite play from from the game um, yesterday but you know, that is just the talent of Killini that no matter in what position, if he's out of balance, if he's falling down, he still gets the ball. He still covers his man. So hopefully Aaron Long can can do the same thing over time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, besides that, I, I couldn't really single out a player that did bad, honestly. It looks like everybody was playing well. Everybody was consistent. Nobody pretty much made our team look shaky. And it looks like the team's having fun, which I think is the most important thing. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, everybody looked solid. Uh, even Chico Palacios, even though he was, I'd say he was more just staying back. I don't think I saw him much going forward. Um, he was, he seemed like just focusing on defense. But even from back there, he was having some good long ball passes that would get to, to their mat. Um, he still seems to be riding that groove that he left off of from last season. Yeah. Um Besides that, uh, we got a debut for Daniel Maldonado, who is, I think, um, a defender from Honduras that they seem very proud of. And, they, you know, I see a lot of Honduras fans being like, you know, finally he's getting his start. We're excited for him. One of the best young players that they have. So I kind of want to see him. He's for for Palencia? Um, I think so. I think so. And I was so confused. I'm like, who is this guy? I've never seen him before. No, yeah, no, he was one of the signings of the offseason. We made five. He was one of them. 
Um, but yeah. we've heard, I've heard good things. Uh, so I, I kind of want to see him play some more as well. Uh, maybe on one of those games where, you know, we're not worried too much or, you know, we, we need to rotate the squad. I wouldn't mind seeing him in the back and see how, you know, secure you can be as well. Uh, I would yeah. say I would like to see some, you know, like in a game like this where you're winning like three, four nil up. I would like to see him put in some youth players at least. I want to see them get their minutes. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, but for now, I mean, Maldonado is going to also have a chance to get subbed in uh, for Valencia at whatever point during any match while Holling sets out. Yeah. So um, I think other than that, everybody did fantastic. The only, um, I'd say in this case, former LAFC player to do bad was Blessing. I, I think he had a terrible <laughs> game. Um, no, for uh, LAFC, he was great. <laughs> for LAFC, he was great. For for New England, he was not great. Um, I think this is the first time seeing for me seeing him play ever since he departed uh, LAFC. And I think a lot of the things that were bothering me towards the end of the season of last season are still there for him. They're still very prominent. His first touches, his control of the ball is is not there. It's still very out of control and it's very clear because uh, two of those bad touches led to two goals yeah um i mean at this point we you know we gave blessing his ring we we're happy to have him back but you know he's a new england revolution player now so they can yeah. deal with those problems <laughs> um i'd say yeah. This performance, uh, he might be starting on the bench in the next game. I don't think so. I think <laughs> so. Uh, because uh, if you looked at Bruce Arena's face, he did not look happy with, uh, with Blessing. Then I think one of the passes he did, he just ended up passing it outside, uh, like just threw the ball out, uh, didn't even hit his man when it, when it came to passing. And he had no pressure either. Yeah uh okay so uh any last statements before we move on um i believe the last thing i want to highlight about this game was uh, a very important player for the new england revolution was Carlos hill who ended up getting subbed out injured yeah i think that's going to be huge for them yeah it's going to be huge because he's their best player <laughs> i know uh, i did notice they, they kept him on the bench. I think they were protecting him a little bit because they probably knew that something was going on with him. But they did put him in yeah. once, uh, I think, in the second half, once they wanted to try to get a goal in. And he definitely did help mm -hmm. their play. I, they definitely did look more aggressive. But, you know, unfortunately, he had to be subbed out injured. I mean, it was the same thing with Gustavo Bo. Uh, he, mm -hmm. That was his first game starting. Uh, he had been out with an injury. And they ended up playing him in Carlos Hill's position, and he ended up causing the penalty. So I don't think New England fans are going to be too happy about that. But I want to call this a disaster yeah. of a game. I think, I mean, before this, they were undefeated. They hadn't allowed any goals. And um, I think they just, you know, as long as they keep sticking to what their plan is, I feel like they should be pretty good. But, you know, without yeah. Carlos Hill, I mean, good luck seeing where those assists come from. Well, yeah. I mean, if you notice most of the most of the uh, match without him, there wasn't really no creativity. There was no momentum going forward. As soon as he came in, then the the passes started coming in, and and the ball started moving forward and started bringing a bit more of a threat. But unfortunately, he did get injured. 
I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if you know what he has, um, but hopefully whatever he does have for New England, he's not out for too long. Oh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can find out real quick. Just type his name into Twitter. <laughs> Let's see. Um, says he comes off. Seems like maybe a hamstring thing. Because I think they mentioned oh, something yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah. He, no, I just saw the play where, where he looks like he got injured. He dropped the ball down and he was grabbing the back of his leg. It looks like a hamstring. Yeah, that's what I figured. Because he was able to walk out, but he was very visibly upset. Like he knew he's going to be out for quite a while. Yeah. Um. Well, that's, I think, everything that sums up this game. All right, going back. All right, CCL action. All right, so uh, tomorrow we got the first game, Philadelphia versus Alianza. Um, let's see. I think they're going to be, Philly's going to be playing at home. Uh, doesn't say. Oh, no, no, never mind. Yeah, they're going to be playing at home. Uh, I think Philly should take this. Uh, currently, they're tied nil-nil, so on aggregate. I think Philly can win this with like oh, a 2-0 win or a 2-1 win. I think that's what it's going to end up being. Yeah, I think that. They should be able to close it out. Yeah. Uh, Austin's going to play against Violet um, at home. I mean, Austin's training 3-0 on aggregate, but Violet has some visa issues. Um, So, yeah, so a couple of the players can't travel uh, to Austin um, because they're they're struggling to get visas for the trip. Oh, no, that is so unfortunate. I mean, there was a similar thing last season with another Haitian team where they were struggling to get visas as well. Um, mm-hmm. So from what it sounds like, it looks like they're borrowing players from uh, some USL teams. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's going to be... If Austin wins this, they're going to be very lucky and should think. <laughs> the government for making it difficult to get visas. Yeah. Uh looks like they're getting two players from FC Motown of USL two. Oh. Interesting. Um besides that as far as I know, I haven't seen any other any other players. Um I see. Yeah, but they, they're borrowing players to make up their team, so I don't know how that's going to impact their game. I think as long as they park the bus, they should be fine. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably what what they're going to have to focus on. Um, what about Atlas versus Olympia? Yeah, I mean, Atlas is going home. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think like everybody agrees on that. Like a, like a 7-2 aggregate. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably. Be, I think it'll be closer. It'll be probably like five to three at most. I don't think it's going to be more goals than that that Atlas is going to get because Olympia is going to go down no. to Mexico. But they scored four goals, and Atlas isn't doing that great in the league. Honestly, if you look at them in the yeah. standings, they're sixteenth out of eighteenth. Yeah, so they're back to their uh, regular form. Yeah, while Olympia is in first place, so um, yeah, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think Atlas is gonna gonna turn that one around. Um, then we got uh, the spying efforts of Vancouver. Is the is the comeback pros- possible? <laughs> I doubt it. I think this is also another 
like given for Vancouver as a pass to the next stage. Rather Spanya seems to be a team from Honduras as well, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Sixth place. But, I mean, they lost 5-0. I mean, it's going to take a lot for Vancouver oh. to lose their grip on that one. Uh, we got Orlando versus Tigres. I think that's one of the more interesting games of the of the, it's probably the, the week. The key game out of these matchups. Yeah, I mean... Wait, go on. I mean, I, I think that this is like the the most um, like keep an eye on game because it was a nil nil, so they're tied, um, and it was a very heated game. So I wouldn't doubt that it gets heated again uh, in this match. Yeah, uh, I don't doubt that either. Although. I think Orlando should be playing at home, which is a plus. Yep, they're going to be playing at home. Um, I don't know. I could really see Orlando winning this one, honestly. Really? Yeah, I think they, they, they might be able to get away with like a 1-0 win, if not like a 2-1 or something like that. Um, it's either going to be 1-0 or one of the teams is going to slip up and... And it's going to be like a three now. Yeah. I think the only, the main reason that the is struggling is because, well, MLS teams now know how to play dirty, like Mexican teams. Like they know all the tricks. They, they know the same things of, you know, the the annoying other players to get them to fight, that kind of thing. (laughs) I think MLS teams have gotten better at that in the last couple of years. So that's one of the main reasons Orlando probably. I mean, they almost got Gene accents off in the last game, right? <laughs> I know. I was surprised. I was watching that match, and it was absurd to me how easy the ref was convinced that it was a red card. Uh, when Gignac more or less ended up uh, pressing against the Orlando's players' like side. Basically gave him a massage. <laughs> pretty much. You know how like cats get on get on you and then they start like doing that whole claw thing to your clothes. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, the, like, you're the cat person. You should know. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what it looked like. To me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, I don't know. Um, but what you think, Titus is going to win this one or what? No, I, I kind of have a feeling that Orlando's actually going to come out on top. Yeah, uh, I've, I've seen like, some. Like, what you said, like a, maybe a one nil sneaky victory over them yeah, i've seen some people say the same thing in mexico too um it'd be huge if orlando comes out with this win because then like that's one of the biggest teams in the competition out basically right um so uh, it's gonna be exciting to see we're gonna check that game out for sure on wednesday um then we move on to lafc for Zalajuelense. the question is i mean we feel pretty confident that we're gonna win this one we're gonna be playing at home in front of our fans um yeah i don't know what, what do you think the score is gonna be you think Alejolense uh, is going to get a goal in? Um, there could be a possibility that they do, uh, but with the way that we've played these last two matches, and and by last two I mean yesterday and the first game against Alejolense, um, I think that their Alejolense's confidence is just shaken up. So I don't see them actually being too threatening so if anything we might end up seeing what we saw yesterday yeah. you know, a couple of uh, combination goals and maybe get lucky with another Boeing hat trick yeah 
I sure hope so. So, I mean, obviously, we're going to be watching that match as well. Okay, then we're going to go yeah. to Leon versus Leon. Tauro. Uh, Leon is winning 1-0. Um, let's see. They're going to be playing at Estadio Leon for this match. I think th- that's enough to get Leon over the line. Yeah. Where's Tauro FC about- from? I think it's from... I think Tauro's from El Salvador. I want to oh, say... I have no idea where they're from, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to tell. I think I think they're from El Salvador, though. I don't know what LPF League is. I know, right? <laughs> it's like at least give me <laughs> give me a bit more context other than just a couple of letter letters in in the league. Yeah, no. Um, regardless of where they're from, I feel like Leon is going to win, especially if they're at home. What about Pachuca and Motagua? Motagua. They are also tied. No. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, Motagua gave Pachuca a little bit more complications that they were expecting, but Pachuca is one of the better teams in Liga Mekis, so I think Pachuca should be able to pull out the win, although I wouldn't be surprised if Motaga, Motagua pulled up an upset, but if Tigres and Pachuca end up... Um, exiting in the first round i think an mls team's gonna win it like the whole the whole thing i think, I think if that happens that's a huge statement towards uh Liga MX. i think that's a even bigger statement for honduras um and yeah, well the yeah the Liga MX statement but i think it's a bigger statement for central america and the, like the the damage that they can yeah, do to Liga their, their football their soccer is also improving while on the opposite end, Mexican league is kind of like deteriorating. Yep. Um, I mean, it's been like that for a bit, so we'll see. I mean, we're, we're excited. This is like the first real Gunka champions that I think, well, besides when LAC had that run defeating all the Mexican teams back in 2020 during the pandemic, uh, this is the first one with fans, like the first real Gunka champions that we're going to be able to experience. Right. right? So um, yeah. excited to watch those games. Looking forward to it. Um, I think we're going to call it there, Danny. Uh, we'll talk about Premier League on the next episode, on the first official episode. Sounds good to me. Considering that both the teams are me. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you want to say before we call it? No, no. Um, stay tuned and we'll be uploading another episode later. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to be back. I missed doing this podcast because, um, me and Danny talk about you know things outside we, of the we podcast. We talk about all of this, but we just don't record it. Record. Yeah, and I do miss uploading the episodes and having the conversations recorded so that I can always go back and see what our opinions were at the time. But uh, catch yeah, soon that how bad our picks were and our our final standing tables are pretty much. I mean. In the next episode, we're going to review our predictions for last season in the MLS and how far off we were, because I ended up doing the math on that um, during our hiatus. But we should be back. Uh, we're going to try to be consistent. Please stay tuned. Make sure you know to like our podcast, listen to it whenever it comes out. Uh, and I appreciate anybody that's still out there listening and who 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 is waiting for us to come back. <laughs> right. The port the Portland. Yeah. listeners those two portland <laughs> fans my favorite fan from texas <laughs> right. all right uh let's call it there all right um, see you guys on the next episode